Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program has been paid for by the Weiner Wellness Clinic. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of KDKA or its parent companies. The information provided in this program is for general informational purposes only. Listeners are encouraged to consult with their health provider regarding their specific medical issues. It's time to get well naturally with natural health experts, Dr. Joseph Honigman, Dr. Gideon Orbach, and Jeffrey Nisnik. You know, you've been uh, listening to me all week promoting the fact that this would be the topic and a lot of it on social media. Osteoporosis, something I think all of us can identify with and have heard it or have been affected by it. So it's going to be a very interesting show. So let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, your host of Get Well Naturally, Dr. Joseph Honigman of the Weiner Wellness Center. Good afternoon, Doc. Good afternoon, Rob. Great to be with you again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Get Well Naturally. I am Dr. Joseph Honigman of the Weiner Wellness Center, and thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get right to today's topic, which is bone health and osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is a disease that makes bones weak and more likely to break. People with osteoporosis most often break bones in the hip, spine, and wrist. So, what are the most common bones broken as a result of osteoporosis? Hip, wrist, and spine. Each year, osteoporosis leads to more than 2 million fractures, including more than 250,000 broken hips, and approximately half of all women over age 50 with osteoporosis will suffer a fracture of the hip, wrist, or vertebrae. That's the spine. So, what causes osteoporosis? Well, bone is living tissue, and in a process called remodeling, our bones are constantly being broken down and rebuilt. Individuals whose bone production exceeds bone destruction are going to have healthy bones. And that will continue up until about the age of 30. After age 30, we start to gradually lose bone, and that loss accelerates for women at the time of menopause because estrogen levels decline, and estrogen helps with calcium absorption and slows the breakdown of calcium in our bones. Rapid bone loss can continue for about five years after menopause. That tells me, if I was a postmenopausal woman, to be especially careful about my bone health during those first five years after menopause. Approximately 52% of women aged 65 years or older will have low bone mass, and approximately 25% will have osteoporosis. And in women over 45 years of age, osteoporosis accounts for more days spent in the hospital than many other diseases, including diabetes, myocardial infarction, and breast cancer. Those are very large numbers. Men also get osteoporosis, but it develops approximately 10 years later, and the decrease in bone mineral density progresses at a more gradual rate. 
In addition, there are other factors than age and menopause that can cause or worsen osteoporosis and increase a person's risk of fracture. One such risk factor factor is a decrease in stomach acid acidity, which will impair effective calcium absorption through the intestines. And if you can't get it into your bloodstream, you can't use it. Numerous studies have shown that stomach acid secretion decreases as we age. In addition, acid-suppressing drugs such as Prilosec and Nexium, given for acid reflux, are associated with an increase in osteoporosis, especially of the hips. If you're on these acid-suppressing drugs, I recommend that you make an appointment to see me so we can better address the root cause or causes of the acid reflux. Also, do you know that steroid medications have major effects on the metabolism of calcium and vitamin D and bone formation. A history of ever taking oral steroids such as prednisone for more than three months is associated with a significant increased risk of bone loss, osteoporosis, and broken bones. In fact, steroid-induced osteoporosis is the most common cause of secondary osteoporosis and It is the most common cause before 50 years of age, and it is the most common drug-related cause of the disease. Another cause of osteoporosis can be overactive parathyroid glands. Now, are parathyroid glands related to your thyroid gland? No. The parathyroid glands are four tiny glands located in the neck just behind the butterfly-shaped thyroid gland that controls the body's calcium level. That's why they're called parathyroid. That has nothing to do with um, the thyroid itself. They help control the body's calcium levels. And if they're overactive, they secrete too much parathyroid hormone. And this causes calcium to leave the bones and go to the blood. The bones can become osteoporotic and prone to fracture. If you are already postmenopausal, this can cause an even greater problem. So, in addition to naturally losing some bone density as we age, we need to consider the effects of menopause in women and declining estrogen, a decrease in stomach acidity as we age, especially if you're taking acid-suppressing drugs, steroid medications that are the most common cause of osteoporosis before the age of 50, and a problem with overactive or underactive parathyroid glands. How do you know you have osteoporosis? The method most used to measure bone density is the DEXA scan. That's dual energy X-ray absorptiometry. Absorptiometry. Uh, I call it DEXA for short. And it is the most accurate method available for the diagnosis of osteoporosis and relative bone mass. And it's considered a fairly accurate estimator of fracture risk. So it's wise as you're getting up there in your age and you might be a thin, frail, you've been on um, uh, steroid medications or you've been taking acid suppressing drugs to get this DEXA scan. If you have a T-score between minus 1 and minus 2.5, after you get the DEXA scan, you're going to get a sheet of paper. It's going to have some numbers posted on it in terms of a T-score. If it's between minus 1 and minus 2.5, 
That's considered osteopenia, and that indicates a state of relatively low bone mass. That is, your bone mass is low when compared to the standard. Now, a T-score less than minus 2.5, like a minus 2.6 or even a minus 2.5, is considered osteoporosis, and that's indicative of a pretty severe fracture risk. If it's below 3, well, then that's considered uh, a severe case of osteoporosis, which indicates uh, you know, a very severe risk of fracture. All right, we're going to come back. Lots more with Dr. Joseph Hanneman. Of course, the Weiner Wellness Center, 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355, drweiner, W-I-N-E-R.com. Stay with us. It's time to get well naturally with natural health experts, Dr. Joseph Honigman, Dr. Gideon Orbach, and Jeffrey Nisnik. All right, back to uh, Dr. Honigman right now. The topic is osteoporosis, Doc. Okay, so we left off talking about osteopenia and osteoporosis. Osteopenia is we have low bone mass, but it's really you're not to the point to where you're considered to be at a high risk of fracture. Once you have osteoporosis, you're getting into the danger zone. So if you have low bone mass, what can be done about it? Or if you just want to prevent, you know, prevent it the, uh, from getting low bone mass, or if you have osteopenia, prevent from getting osteoporosis. Well, osteoporosis is highly influenced by lifestyle choices, and it's mostly preventable by means of adequate nutrition and sufficient physical activity. So what else is new? In addition, some key supplements will definitely help many people. And if you have osteoporosis... These same lifestyle changes may reduce your fracture risk. A diagnosis of low bone density, osteopenia, should alarm us to start getting serious about exercise, nutrition, and taking the appropriate supplements. The good news is that there are several cases and testimonials of women reversing their osteopenia without the use of drugs. I have heard more than my fair share at the Weiner Wellness Center. To begin with, I want to quickly discuss the importance of exercise and improving bone density. When mechanical stress is placed on bone, it gets stronger and denser. In other words, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So try to do at least 30 minutes of exercise most days of the week because at any age, as much physical activity that can be safely tolerated, I'm emphasizing the word safely, is recommended. If you have osteoporosis, it should be suited to your degree of bone density and to your unique physique and situation. Remember, bones change slowly, but they do change. And people with osteoporosis, and even more so with osteopenia, can make significant improvement, increasing their bone density and decreasing their risk of fracture. Now let's discuss calcium and the other team members that are necessary for good bone health. Calcium is a mineral that the body needs for numerous functions, including building and maintaining bones and teeth. In fact, about 99% of the body's calcium is stored in the bones and teeth. The other 1% of the body's total is critical for the optimum functioning of smooth muscle, the nervous system, and the circulatory system. This includes blood clotting, the transmission of nerve impulses, and the regulation of of the heart's rhythm, so calcium is very important to our heart, uh, to our health in many ways, and not just for our bones. However, for today, we will be talking about its relevance to our bone health. Our body gets most of the calcium it needs by eating foods or taking supplements that contain calcium. 
The recommended daily amount for women aged 19 to 50 is 1,000 milligrams. And after 50, women should get approximately 1,200 milligrams per day. And now listen carefully from all sources. Even for osteoporosis, I would not exceed 1,400 milligrams from all sources, unless most of the calcium is coming from plant-based foods. For adults aged 19 through 50, the upper safe limit is approximately 2,500 milligrams of calcium. And for adults over age 50, you should not exceed 2,000 milligrams total per day. In general, dietary calcium is considered safe. But too much calcium in the form of supplements might have some health risks, including kidney stones, increased risk of prostate cancer, constipation, calcium buildup in your blood vessels, and difficulty absorbing iron and zinc. In fact, a significant number of studies have reported an association between excessive calcium supplementation and adverse cardiovascular events, even though high dietary calcium intake was shown to have a protective effect. So if you're getting, say, 2,000 milligrams a day or 2,200 milligrams a day of calcium, and most of that calcium is coming from plant-based foods, I wouldn't worry about it. It's probably more of a protective effect than anything else. However, many adults may be low in calcium, and foods that are high in calcium include dairy products. So Does that make it necessary or even advantageous for us to get our calcium requirement by drinking milk or eating dairy products in order to prevent osteoporosis and fractures? While there is no doubt about the importance of having enough absorbable calcium in our diet to have healthy and strong bones, there are many ways to achieve the optimal amount of calcium without drinking milk. So the answer to whether milk and dairy products are necessary or even desirable for most people to attain enough calcium in strong bones, the answer is no. There are other good sources that are high in calcium, including dark green vegetables, such as broccoli, collard greens, and bok bok choy. 95 grams, just 95 grams of cooked kale equals 143 milligrams of calcium. You can get calcium from calcium-fortified juices and dairy-free milk substitutes, such as almond milk, canned sardines and canned sockeye salmon. I would eat the bones. That's where you're going to get your calcium from. Almonds are high in calcium. Two dried figs equals 100 milligrams of calcium. And one medium orange equals 75 milligrams of calcium. So you can match the absorbable amount of calcium you get in milk and dairy products in even more desirable ways. For example, a cup of whole cow milk weighs 244 grams and provides 276 milligrams of calcium, while 100 grams of raw collard greens greens with 144 grams of an orange, if you weigh them together, they weigh exactly the same as a cup of milk, and they contain 290 milligrams of calcium, actually a little more. Just the same, the United States Department of Agriculture recommends three eight-ounce servings of milk or equivalent dairy products a day. And the pro-milk faction believes that increased calcium intake, particularly in the form of the currently recommended three glasses of milk per day, will help prevent osteoporosis and the weakening of bones and therefore fractures. Is that based on fact? Well, there seems to be plenty of journal articles that take that view. 
But in my opinion, and, the, and in the opinion of many other peer-reviewed journal articles and health professionals, the answer is a resounding no. If you do choose to drink milk, according to the Harvard School of Public Health, one of the finest public health schools in the world, there is currently no good evidence that consuming more than one serving of milk per week, in addition to a reasonable diet, will reduce fracture risk at all. In a large Harvard study of male health professionals and female nurses, individuals who drank one glass of milk or less, I guess that means none, per week, were at no greater risk of breaking a hip or forearm than they were than were those who drank two or more glasses per week. When researchers combined the data with other large studies, they found they still found no association between that calcium intake and fracture risk. They concluded that overall there is little evidence currently to suggest that increasing calcium intake by increasing dairy consumption will alter the risk of fracture. Hold on. There is more. In the Harvard 12-year nurses' health study, which was conducted on almost 80,000 women, those who consumed the highest amount of calcium from dairy foods broke more bones than those who rarely drank milk. In addition, there are dangers associated with an, an increase in milk consumption. In a Harvard study of male health professionals, Men who drank more than two glasses of milk a day were almost twice as likely to develop advanced prostate cancer compared to those who didn't drink milk at all. Takeaway message is if you have a problem with your prostate, don't drink milk. A well-known limitation to eating or drinking dairy products is lactose intolerance. Lactose is a sugar present in milk. Rob. Are you aware that most people in the world are lactose intolerant? Experts estimate that about 70% of the world's population has lactose malabsorption. That makes dairy the number one food in the world that people are intolerant to. For them, eating or drinking dairy products causes problems like cramping, bloating, gas, and diarrhea. These symptoms range from mild to severe. At the John Hopkins Integrative Medicine and Digestive Center website, they inform us that although lactose intolerance was initially considered a disorder, most now consider it normal. So to be lactose intolerant is actually normal. It is not a problem unless you continue to eat something or drink something your body is not capable of digesting. While most infants can digest lactose, most normal adults, adults lose the ability. It is actually a genetic variant that allows adults to continue to produce lactase, the enzyme that breaks down lactose. In other words, it is a genetic mutation in the DNA, and it is a very recent adaptation. Now, follow along with me because there's a very interesting point to this. Testing of DNA from individuals who lived roughly 4,000 to 5,000 years ago in what is called the Neolithic Times has shown a very low prevalence of the DNA mutation to digest dairy products. For example, the Neolithic DNA from Sweden showed 
95% of those studied were lactose intolerant and would not be able to drink milk. Whereas in the modern Swedish population, only 25% are lactose intolerant. So, sometime in their history, many developed the ability to digest lactose. And I wonder if back then, if they had a newspaper called Neolithic Times, and there was a news flash that stated, we have recently discovered a group of Swedish human mutants that can now drink milk from the mammillary glands of a cow without getting sick. So now, Sweden, whose people are mostly capable of digesting lactose, consume the most amount of milk per capita in the world. But here's the punchline. They also have the highest rates of osteoporosis. They drink the most amount of milk, and they have the highest rates of osteoporosis. In the United States, about 36% of people are lactose intolerant. So most people, approximately 64%, can digest dairy products. And we also have high rates of osteoporosis. In contrast, areas with a warmer climate, such as around the Mediterranean and Africa, have much higher rates of lactose intolerance and they drink less milk, but as a whole have much lower rates of osteoporosis compared to Scandinavia, North America, and other parts of Europe. All right, good stuff. Listen, if you have a question for Dr. Honeyman, you'd like to join us on the program, it's 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. You can text us on the Red Automotive Line, best deal in town. You can reach them at the Weiner Wellness Center, 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355. Find out about everything that they do at drwiner.com. The following program has been paid for by the Weiner Wellness Clinic. It's time to get well naturally with natural health experts, Dr. Joseph Honigman, Dr. Gideon Orbach, and Jeffrey Nisnik. All right, back to Dr. Honigman again, talking osteoporosis. So the number to become one of his patients at that incredible place that is the Weiner Wellness Center, 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355. Doc? Thanks. So, you know, we left off uh, talking about uh, Sweden, uh, whose people are, are mostly capable of digesting lactose, and they consume the most amount of milk per capita in the world, but also have the highest rates of osteoporosis. This is known as the calcium paradox, which is defined by the World Health Organization as the high intake of calcium consumed by populations in countries with the highest rates of osteoporosis. For example... The countries that drink the most amount of milk, such as Finland, and we spoke about Sweden, but also the Netherlands, Denmark, Norway, and the United States are among the the highest in age standardized. They have the highest in age standardized uh, fractures of the hip. And um, Scandinavia uh, as a whole drinks the most amount of milk. And they have the highest age-adjusted rates of osteoporosis and bone fractures. Not exactly a glowing endorsement for the drinking of milk to prevent osteoporosis and fractures. So should you avoid dairy altogether? I believe if you are lactose intolerant, your body is telling you that dairy is probably not in your best interest. And maybe you should switch to a non-dairy substitute such as organic cashew, coconut, or almond milk and the yogurts made from them. Now, for those of you who are not lactose intolerant or have a health disorder in in which dairy is contraindicated, then 
occasional dairy consumption, especially in the form of fermented yogurt, kefir, or hard cheese, ought to be okay, as long as they are coming from organic-fed, pasture-raised animals. For yogurts and kefir, the active cultures in the fermented milk products help to break down the lactose. And the longer the food is fermented, the less the lactose content. So the healthy probiotics that that are being that are uh, forming uh, in the uh, yogurt or the kefir, they'll survive by eating the lactose sugar. On another show, I will discuss the cruelty and abuse of the dairy cow in the factory farm setting, along with the use of antibiotics, growth hormones, pesticide, and fungicide-laden feed that is given to them, all of which can wind up in your body compromising your health. So, stick with organic-fed, pasture-raised animals. Now, let's get to the supplements I recommend. Guess what the first one that I recommend is? Calcium. Regardless of the debate surrounding milk and calcium, one thing is clear. Adequate calcium is necessary. As a supplement, I recommend CalMag Plus, which contains calcium citrate, particularly if you're having problems producing sufficient stomach acid or maybe taking medications that suppress acid production, such as a proton pump inhibitor like Nexium. And that's because the calcium citrate dissolves a little better than the other forms of calcium, making it more readily absorbable. So to fulfill that need, I recommend our our CalMag Plus. And uh, it contains both calcium and magnesium and in the proper ratio, which is roughly a 2 to 1 ratio of calcium to magnesium. By the way, all of the supplements that I am talking about are on sale for 20% off. That's 20% off. It's a great deal. Now, that leads me to magnesium. Magnesium is required for the conversion of vitamin D3 into its active form, and it's needed for calcium absorption and plays a key role in bone remodeling by regulating uh, blood calcium levels. In In a study of women with osteoporosis in Israel, it was reported that those who took a magnesium supplement significantly increased their bone density compared to a control group who did not take magnesium supplements. So once more, I'm, re- I'm recommending the Nutritional Frontiers CalMag Plus, which is going to have the proper ratio of the calcium citrate and the magnesium. And here's a useful tip. The higher the calcium dose, the less it's absorbed. For maximum absorption, no more than 500 to 600 milligrams of calcium should be taken in a single dose. If you need more than 600 milligrams, take the doses at least four hours apart. And remember, calcium is better absorbed when taken with a meal. Now, calcium cannot be efficiently or safely utilized without the next supplement. So let's talk about vitamin D3. Are you aware that for bone health, An adequate intake of vitamin D is no less important than calcium. Vitamin D is actually a hormone, and it controls blood calcium concentration and impacts the immune system as well. It is required to absorb calcium from the gut into the bloodstream, and it promotes bone mineralization. So if if we get dietary sources of calcium into our gut, we don't have enough vitamin D3 It's not going to our bloodstream. 
It's not getting there. And don't forget, I just said magnesium is required for the conversion of vitamin D3 into its active form. So magnesium has got to activate the D3, which then gets the calcium from the gut into the bloodstream. As a supplement, take 1,000 to 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3 per day, depending on your D3 measurement, where you live, and time of year. And be sure to take the supplements that provide D3. That's called the cassiferol, not D2, which is ergocassiferol. I recommend that you get your levels checked. I think everybody should have their vitamin D3 level checked. And you will get it checked uh, by getting your serum 25 hydroxy vitamin D levels um, taken. Because, uh, again, I'll repeat that. That's the serum 25 hydroxy vitamin D level, uh, which is considered the most useful marker of vitamin D exposure. And it's the main form of vitamin D circulating in the blood. Now, although a level of 20 nanograms per milliliter is considered adequate for healthy people, I don't think so. Expert opinion suggests that a minimum level of 25-hydroxy vitamin D should be at least 50, not 20, 50. And for optimal fracture prevention, for optimal pre- fracture prevention, it's, a, it's 70 to 80. And it's best absorbed uh, with a meal that contains fat. It's a fat-soluble vitamin. So why is D3 important for bone health? You remember? It's required to absorb calcium from the gut into the bloodstream, and it promotes bone mineralization. And what's responsible for the conversion of vitamin D3 into its active form? Magnesium. That leads us to vitamin K2. Vitamin K is a group of vitamins of similar composition, principally vitamin K1, which is philoquinone, and K2, which is menequinone. For bone health and fracture discussion, we will discuss K2, known as menequinone, and specifically the MK-7 form, because as a supplement, it's the most bioavailable, meaning it works better. Vitamin K2 is needed to help take the calcium out of the vessel. We got it into the vessel because the uh, magnesium was able to take the calcium from the gut Get it into the bloodstream. Now the K2 is going to take the calcium out of the vessel, deposit it in the bone. In other words, K2 helps regulate where calcium ends up in the body to its final destination. Several human studies have found K2 effective in the treatment of osteoporosis, increasing bone mineral density and reducing the risk of fracture. In a review of randomized controlled trials, it was found that vitamin K2 reduced bone mass and reduced the risk of fractures, including vertebral fracture by 60%, hip fracture by 77%, and all non-vertebral fractures by 81%. Uh, Typical dosage uh, is anywhere from 150 to 700 or more for MCG. Again, these are on sale for 20% off at the Weiner Wellness Center. We've got two great combination products that contain both D3 and K2. And for most people, either will do. Um, For further differentiation, come in, make an appointment, or uh, just, you know, come in during a slow time, and I can help you with that decision. Now, Nutritional Frontiers K2 Plus contains the K2, the D3, and vitamin A. 
which is required for normal development, growth, and maintenance of the skeleton. The Douglas Labs K2D3 contains the astaxanthin. So it's sort of one has the vitamin A, the other has the astaxanthin. And the astaxanthin is a potent antioxidant and anti-inflammatory, which helps to lower bone deterioration. And finally, boron in the trace minerals. Can't leave these out. The trace mineral boron stabilizes and extends the half-life of vitamin D and estrogen. And along with the other trace minerals such as zinc, manganese, and selenium play vital roles in our bone health. That's why we're offering at a 20% discount Mineral Rich by Maximum Living, which contains a blend of over 70 natural balanced trace minerals and frontier minerals, which is a balanced formula of minerals in an easily assimilated form. So what you need to do, you need to go down and see the folks at the Weiner Wellness Center. Dr. Hollingman would love to have you as one of his new patients. 412-922-WELL. Get the state of your well-being by calling 412-922-WELL. 412-922-9355. It's time to get well naturally with natural health experts, Dr. Joseph Honigman, Dr. Gideon Orbach, and Jeffrey Nisnik. All right, we're going to spend a little bit more time on osteoporosis, then we're going to talk to Mary in North Braddock about acid reflux. So it is Get Well Naturally, of course, the Weiner Wellness Center. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, your host, Dr. Joseph Honigman. Doc? Thank you. So in summary, adequate calcium is essential for bone health. Vitamin D3 is required to absorb the calcium from the gut into the bloodstream. Magnesium is required for the conversion of vitamin D3 so it can do its job. Vitamin K2 is needed to help take the calcium out of the bloodstream and deposit it in the bones. In addition, trace minerals such as boron, along with the other trace minerals, zinc, magnesium, and selenium also play vital roles in our bone health. And all of these supplements are being offered at a 20% discount until next Wednesday. And they are Nutritional Frontiers, CalMag Plus, Nutritional Frontiers K2 Plus, Douglas Labs K2D3 with astaxanthin, Frontier Minerals, Mineral Rich by Maximum Living. And if you call the number at 412-922-9355, that's 412-922-WELL, you can get help with that. We are ready to talk to Mary in North Braddock on Get Well Naturally. Hi, Mary. Thanks for holding. Hi. Thank you. Doctor, uh, a week ago or so, they were discussing uh, an acid, and I ordered five different products. Should I be taking these all at the same time or what? Well, what are the products? Uh, Digestive Enzyme Ultra, CYB Zymes, Superbiotics 2, Frontier Biotics 2, and GI Complete. So, um, do you have some kind of, do you, do you, are you diagnosed with uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease, known yeah. as reflux? Yeah. Do you have a history of it? I take Prilosec. You take Prilosec. Do you have any other problems other than that? I have a hiatal hernia. You have a hiatal hernia? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I would recommend you make an appointment so that we can work on your hiatal hernia. Um, now, your situation is going to be a little different. We'll probably have to uh, maybe change your diet a little bit, but uh, the supplements that you're taking are, are helpful. We'll talk about those very shortly. Um, but just recently, I had an 85-year-old man um, who with a hiatal hernia. Uh, and uh, after three visits, uh, he was just, he was thrilled. He was just saying, wow, this yeah. is great. But that was his only problem. 
Well, I'm 85, and uh, I've been to a a specialist for my hiatal hernia. It only bothers me occasionally. Yeah, but the hiatal hernia... I'm interested in, should I take all these supplements at the same time? Okay, let's get back to the supplements, but I just want to mention to you that if you have a hiatal hernia, there's a little piece of your stomach protruding through the lower esophageal sphincter, and the lower esophageal sphincter is the major reason you have acid reflux. So whether or not the hiatal hernia bothers you or it doesn't, it could be keeping that sphincter open, open, which is the cause, or at least one of the causes, of the acid reflux. Now, getting back to your supplements, you take the digestive enzymes when you eat. When you eat. Okay. I got five bottles here. Yeah. Should I take? Listen to me. The answer to that is no. You take the digestive enzymes when you eat. That's number one. Number two, you take the probiotics, the frontier biotics, I'm assuming, between meals. You don't have to take the frontier biotics and the superbiotics at the same time. In fact, I would only take maybe one or two of the frontier biotics uh, um, twice a day, two twice a day between meals. That's for your probiotic. Now, what was the other thing that you said that you had? That's your di- we've covered the digestive enzymes and we've covered the probiotics. What else? The C-Y-B-Z-Y-M-E. That's your digestive enzyme. The cybozyme is your digestive enzyme. Next. Next? Uh, yes. What's your next supplement? Superbiotics 2. That's your probiotics. Okay? That's your probiotic. I would either take one of those between meals or take the frontier biotics two between meals twice a day. What's next? GI Complete. The GI Complete is a good supplement. I like this. Take it with food. Are you taking uh, capsules or do you have the powder? I have the powder. Take, put a scoop in, um, in water and take that uh, once a day with food. What else? That's it, I guess. I just wanted to know how many I should take. Okay, that's it. Thank you for your call. It really is important when they come and visit you to ask when, how, what, and why. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm not sure that they actually, I, I'm, I'm assuming they did not see a practitioner. Right. That they spoke to someone on the phone or they came in and... Important and, to and, come in. And bought it. Yeah, they should come in. And if you have a hiatal hernia, you could look, these, these supplements are great, but they're not going to do anything for your hiatal hernia. No. You know, they may fixed. do a little bit if they reduce the bloating, that may be the cause of the hiatal hernia. But a lot of times, this is once you, once it's moved, the best way to take care of that is to move it back to its proper position. I've done it literally. I have to say, probably at least a thousand times. I've done it a lot, and the success rate is is very very high. You know. Also, you know, I want to remind everybody, Rob, that we do have a website. That's www.drweiner.com. You can find lots of great information there, including uh, background bios of all of our practitioners. Um, and you can order most of our products as well. So, you know, once more, you know, our website is www.drweiner.com. And, you know, Rob, we were talking about um, taking these uh, supplements and, and eating properly. 
if you have osteopenia or if you have osteoporosis. But really, for anyone who wants to improve their bone mass, they should be following these dietary advice. They should be doing the exercise you know, uh, properly. And the K2D3, I take K2D3 on a daily basis. Hmm. And I also take CalMag, Cal uh, the CalMag. Now, I don't do it as often. Um, I have, well, I believe I do have very good bone mass because I exercised a lot when I was young. And I get a lot of my calcium from uh, whole food plant-based sources. So yeah, this is not just for people who have uh, osteopenia and osteoporosis. You know, we have a little bit of time. So I guess what I'm going to do is talk about the bisphosphonates. So because in conventional healthcare, the bisphosphonates are considered effective first-line therapy and are the most commonly recommended medications for osteopenia and osteoporosis. Examples include Fosamax and oct- Octanel, and when taken by mouth, they've been shown to decrease hip and spine fractures in many studies. But the question to ask is by how much do they decrease fraction, fracture, how much do they decrease it, and at what price? Side effects are a big issue with these drugs. Gastrointestinal problems such as nausea, abdominal pain, indigestion, heartburn, esophageal inflammation occur frequently in patients taking bisphosphonates. I was just reading online about the, uh, the side effects, and they were considered minor. And they'd say, well, yeah, there are some side effects, but the minor ones are minor, such as abdominal pain, indigestion, heartburn, and esophageal inflammation. Well, they're minor if you're the one, that, if you don't have it. A major problem is that they increase the risk of atrial fibrillation. They also can do this. Not as often, but it is a major risk. And it, atrial fibrillation increases a regular heartbeat. And these drugs can stay in a woman's tissues pretty long. So, uh, you know, that is a potential dangerous side effect. Others include kidney problems, blurred vision, eye pain, and muscle pain. Uh, it's also uh, possible to develop fi- actual atypical fractures of the thigh bone. Unfortunately, you heard right. Bisphosphonates can cause the very fractures they're meant to prevent because they decrease bone formation as a side effect. And when comparing strategies for fracture prevention, the number of osteoporotic patients needed to receive treatment for three years to prevent one hip fracture is 45 for vitamin D. 45 for vitamin D, and 91 for bisphosphonate. That means for uh, the other 90 patients with osteoporosis after three years who were taking the bisphosphonates, it didn't help, but they were still at risk for multiple side effects, and in addition, the vitamin D3 was more effective. This does not mean there'll never be an indication when bisphosphonates is necessary. Hey, you may be coming in with a minus 3.4 and the risk of fracture is so great making the drug the right choice. However, for most people, this will be an unusual occurrence. In addition, remember, if you're already taking them, you're not to stop taking them on your own, but rather as you improve through better lifestyle choices, you can ask your doctor to reduce the amount and possibly even stop taking them altogether. I do not diagnose or treat disease, and I do not claim that any supplement can be used as a replacement for medication. So in addition to seeing me, it's wise to see a primary medical doctor that you feel comfortable with so that you can you know, freely discuss, you know, your concerns with. However, for managing osteopenia with bisphosphonates, the number needed to treat to get any benefit 
is very, 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 very large, meaning the drugs are not very effective. So lifestyle is a much more effective way to treat osteopenia. And the supplements that I talked about today are uh, great supplements to help you uh, improve your bone mass. So that's it for today. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Wishing you a great and uh, warm weekend. And this is your host, Dr. Joseph Honigman. Hi, and Rob, I'm wishing you a very restful and uh, warm. Uh, you bring peace to me with your knowledge, great doctor. <laughs> I love you what you okay. do. And, of course, uh, the great Weiner Wellness Center. They're there. He's going back to work today. So if you want to call 412-922-WELL, 412-922-7355. And he will be back same time, same station next week. This program has been paid for by the Weiner Wellness Clinic. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of KDKA or its parent companies. The information in this program is for general informational purposes only. Listeners are encouraged to consult with their health provider regarding their specific medical issues. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.